Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole, or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. That's C-O-N-C-E-R-N-I-N-G-H-I-M.com. We've been following the Apostle Paul on his first missionary journey. We've seen Paul and Barnabas commissioned by the church at Antioch in Syria for the work that the Holy Spirit was setting them apart to do. And although they may not have been fully certain as to what that would entail, the church Uh, leaders lay hands on them, showing their identification with them, and they send them out. They go first to the island of Cyprus, travel through the island until they come to the western city of Paphos, and there Paul uh, performs his first miracle in silencing the false prophet uh, Elymas, or Bar-Jesus, and as a result of this, the proconsul Sergius Paulus believes and uh, turns to faith in Jesus Christ. From there, they head on up to the city of Antioch in the region near Pisidia, and Paul speaks in the synagogue uh, as to the promise and fulfillment of the promise to Abraham and David in the person of Jesus Christ. And as a result of his testimony there, we see many Jews and also Gentiles putting their faith in Jesus. Last time we looked at what happened as they went to the city of Iconium, and it was more of the same. They were testifying to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Many were putting their faith in Christ, but there was also opposition and resistance to the gospel. They drove Paul and Barnabas out, and where we last left our two missionaries, they were in the city of Lystra, and we're going to pick up on the events there, starting now in Acts chapter 14 and reading from verse 19. But Jews came down from Antioch and Iconium, and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. But when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up and entered the city. And on the next day, he went on with Barnabas to Derbe. When they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying that through many tribulations, We must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church, with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Then they passed through Pisidia and came to Pamphylia. And when they had spoken the word in Perga, they went down to Atalia. And from there they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work that they had fulfilled. And when they arrived and gathered the church together, they declared all that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. And they remained no little time with the disciples. 
So they're in the city of Lystra as we begin uh, in verse 19 today. Now we saw last time how uh, Paul and Barnabas are something of celebrities in these uh, cities and especially in the city of Lystra because Paul has performed this miracle of uh, allowing this man who was crippled from birth to be able to walk again. And he sprang up and immediately went walking on. And we saw last time how this was connected to what Peter had done in the temple in Acts chapter 3, showing it's the same gospel of Jesus Christ now at work in both places. Uh, the gospel of Jesus is going out from Jerusalem. It has gone into Judea and Samaria, and now we are extending it into the farthest reaches of the world. Although they are celebrities, there are Jews who uh, hate the message that Paul and Barnabas are proclaiming. And they have followed them from Antioch and from Iconium, uh, looking to uh, make sure that the crowds turn away from them. And so we're not told how long this takes or how long they're in the city of Lystra, but we know that uh, they are... Uh, the Jews are persuading the crowds there to turn against Paul and Barnabas. And as a result of this, in verse 19, Paul is actually stoned by the crowd, pelted with stones, and dragged outside of the city. They believed him to be dead. Now, this illustrates for us the important uh, realization that true followers of Jesus are going to experience hardships as a result of their faithful lifestyles and testimony to the Lord Jesus Christ. We should expect this as Christians. We may not be physically persecuted to the degree that Paul and Barnabas were here, but there will be opposition to the message of Jesus Christ. If we are living faithfully to God and to his word, uh, we will encounter people that do not like that message. It is a countercultural message. And so Paul is stoned to death now by the crowd nearly and dragged outside of the city. They believed that he was dead. Uh, but really what had happened, Paul had just suffered his first near-death experience for the sake of Jesus. It was not going to be his last. Now, you'll remember back in Acts chapter 9 when we talked about the conversion of Saul at that time, that the Lord said to Ananias that he was going to show Paul or Saul how much he would have to suffer on his account. Well, this was just one of the first aspects of his suffering, being uh, stoned nearly to death here. The disciples gather around him, and he rises up and goes back into the city. Now, based on the fact that the crowds believe him to be dead, this may perhaps be something of a, a miraculous uh, encounter that Paul, uh, through the Holy Spirit's power, although he's just suffered uh, the worst kind of uh, attempted execution, is now able to actually get back up and go back into the city, testifying to the power of Jesus Christ. Luke doesn't necessarily make this explicit here, and so we're not exactly sure if it should be read this way, uh, or if he was 
you know, hit hard several times with stones, but able to recover. Uh, I think either way, the Holy Spirit is working through him to some degree, whether in a miraculous way or whether simply through an, a ministry of empowerment and encouraging to allow him to go back into the city and continue to witness to the truthfulness uh, of God's word. So by God's grace and providential plan, Paul survived this attempted execution and was able to go back into the city. And the next day, he and Barnabas move on from Lystra to the city of Derby. Now, keep the city of Lystra in your mind because a little bit further in our study, we will encounter Paul returning to the city of Lystra, and he's going to pick up someone, a specific person, who's going to join his team at that time. And uh, I'll have some more comments to say when we get to that point. That'll be on the second missionary journey. Well, in verses 21 through 23, we read about the ministry at the city of Derby and their return through Galatia. The ministry at Derby is not given much detail by Luke. He merely says that they preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples. I think we can be confident if they followed the regular pattern uh, and of their practice, as they did at other cities, they would have first entered the synagogue of the city, if there was in fact a synagogue there, and delivered the message of Christ to the Jews first. Then upon uh, Jewish rejection of the gospel, I, I think some would have believed, many would have opposed, they would have turned with the gospel to the Gentiles and established a uh, church there, a, a group of believers who were meeting to remember the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, incredibly, Paul and Barnabas uh, actually returned to the cities that had sought to kill them and put them to death, circling back on a return journey. They did several things in these cities and in these churches as they went back on their return, and we're told about these in verses 22 and 23. They sought to strengthen the souls of the disciples. I think this probably has a both a spiritual element and a physical element to it as well. They would have sought to encourage uh, their disciples, those who had put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's what I think the next phrase has in mind when they encouraged them to continue in the faith. But they probably also uh, did their part to talk about some of the practical matters. Maybe there were uh, physical needs that some of the people had that they attempted to help with uh, in these churches at the time. And ultimately, they are uh, exhorting them and warning them that tribulation should be expected before we enter the kingdom of God. They said, uh, through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Notice that for Paul and Barnabas here, the kingdom of God is not something then that they necessarily occupy at the present, but it's something that they will possess in the future, that they will enter into it in the future, but only after they have uh, suffered through faithfulness to the Lord Jesus Christ in this present age. They also uh, go on to appoint elders in each of the churches in these cities. These would be responsible men in the church who could teach the scriptures, 
and hold fast to the message that had been delivered to them. They wanted them to continue in the message that they had received without wavering from it. Uh, they then committed these believers to the Lord with prayer uh, and with fasting in verse 23. In verses 24 and 25, they now traveled down from Antioch through the region of Pisidia into the region of Pamphylia. They're getting closer and closer to the southern coast of uh, Turkey. And they preach finally in the city of Perga in verse 25, and then go down to the port city of Atalia, uh, which is where they would have uh, gotten on a seafaring vessel and from there set out through the Mediterranean Sea uh, back to the city of, of Antioch. Notice there's no mention of their actions or interactions uh, really either in Perga or Atalia. Luke's presentation is not really meant to be an exhaustive history of what they did in every single area, but instead his presentation has the purpose of demonstrating the word that they preached, the gospel message, and that's why he gives an extended uh, view of that in the city of Antioch in chapter 13, uh, but also um, the results that came about because of it. Many people believed, and typically in each of the cities that they travel, we will see that there is a response of faith by some, and there is an opposition and rejection to the gospel message by others. We should really expect to see that in our ministry of the gospel today. There will be some who believe and turn and put their faith in Jesus Christ, there will be others who oppose the gospel and reject uh, the word of Christ. And so finally, they uh, travel back to the city of Antioch in Syria, just to the north of the land of Israel. And in verses 26 through 28, we have the record of what happens when they uh, return down there. Paul and Barnabas sail back to this commending church where they had uh, initially come from. And uh, their work, it says, had been fulfilled. So there is a completion to the first journey. Now, this may indicate that they actually had something of a plan beforehand as to where they were going to go and what they were going to do. So perhaps they had uh, an idea, at least, of what cities, what areas they would go to. They report to the church about God's opening a door of faith to the Gentiles in Asia Minor, and they remained for, uh, the text says, no little time with the disciples. So they remain at the city of Antioch for some time. Now, next time, we're going to look at some of the events that transpire while they are in Antioch of Syria after the first missionary journey. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu slash